the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's Word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. It's going to be a hot summer, but not when you're driving. BNR Auto is your first name in affordable AC repair in San Antonio. Located downtown at 2401 West Commerce, our specialists will check your air conditioning for free. Call us at 215-1519 for all your car or truck repair services. We do the repair work no one really wants to do, and we do it right. Don't drive in this heat. BNR Auto stands for Burr. Mention the Bible Live for a 10% discount. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. So people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right, we are in the studio thanking you for joining us, as always. Jacob is here with me. We are ready to get into our our discussion of these passages we've been reading in our Bible reading schedule uh, this uh, past few weeks. We are into the book of Acts, well into it. We're starting with uh, kind of a a favorite chapter, should I say favorite chapter or not, of the Bible, uh, Acts 17, the New Testament, at least for me is this experience of this very interesting individual, probably one of the most remarkable uh, individuals, uh, not probably, no probably about it, uh, highly uh, acclaimed and recognized as probably the most influential Christian uh, of, of the first century, at least. It would have to have been this uh, converted Jewish uh, leader, Saul, um, not a rabbi. Not a rabbi, right? No. No, Saul was a Benjamin, lawyer. tribe of Benjamin. He was a lawyer. Okay. <laughs> is that a warning of some kind, Jacob? Is, thank you for that. I, I appreciate that assistance. Uh, yeah, in fact, yeah, I, I, I kind of now remember that. But this individual, so 
Saul is uh, he's converted. He's called Paul now. Is that is is that the Roman form of his name? Yes. Uh, of, of the okay, of his Hebrew name Saul, and he he's this this incredible missionary of the first century. Maybe we can talk a little bit of, uh, uh, about him, Jacob, uh, a little bit tonight, just as we talk. Uh, he, he is that individual who goes and travels these three or four mission journeys and uh, to these cities. He opens, he goes to the synagogue. He talks. It, it, it is, and he is used in a powerful way to spread the message of uh, redemption and, and the God of Scripture and so on. It, it just explodes into the Gentile population of that era. And so uh, we talk about him. In, in Acts 17, he goes to Athens, which is one of the more interesting places um, to go because it was uh, you know, the, the Greeks were philosophers and they highly uh, valued knowledge and understanding. And so he went and he addresses them at the uh, Council of Philosophers there uh, in Athens in a very interesting uh, discourse, a very interesting sermon he presents there. And... And some very interesting results uh, from that. So we, we can talk about Acts 17. Uh, we're going to see Paul going and living for a period of time in the city of Corinth. Uh, and we've, we know a little, we know about Corinth, I guess, if you've been with us long in the Bible Life series. We talk about all these different cities, the, you know, the history of the cities and the, uh, some of the characteristics of each and every one, Ephesus, Corinth, and others. And if you call now, you can get a trip with Soapy to any one of them. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We could, we have to do our tour. Of course, you have tour. to pay your own way. We have, to, we have to do our tour, Jacob, one of these days. Take, you know, go with Sophie and Jacob to the, to Israel, and everybody's Whoa, doing that. Oh, wouldn't that be now, interesting? Yeah, Actually, I have been to a few dinners where, you know, like tour of Italy, the tour of Greece, that kind of stuff. We can take people on a, what we call, what do they call those, uh, what do you do it when you do a, 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 a um, computer journey? Uh, what do they call it? Uh, virtual, virtual. Virtual. We could take a virtual tour, and then we could only charge half as much for. <laughs> this is true. Right? Isn't that a good idea? And we could accept credit cards. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Uh, but we're going to go continue through the book of Acts to the end of the book tonight, into chapter twenty-eight, and then we're also going to open up the, some of the opening chapters of the book of Chronicles, which is in in um, the, I guess you'd call the Protestant or the, or the uh, um, I don't know, the version of the scriptures that we use, um, most of us have in our homes. The book of Chronicles is placed up with the books of history, uh, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, you know, Joshua, uh, and so on, and uh, Ruth. Well, not Ruth. I guess Ruth is later on. But anyway, they're books of history. They're... And Chronicles is placed there. Uh, didn't you tell me that the book of Chronicles is placed somewhere else in the Hebrew Scriptures? In the Jewish Bible, it, uh, Chronicles 1 and 2 are the last two books in the Bible, not Malachi. As in, it's the same books, but different order. I see. Okay. And, and that it kind of makes sense to me in a way, because if you know the story of the Chronicles, which we'll get into tonight, and the background and why they were written, they weren't. Uh, they were, in fact, a specially written history uh, with a very special purpose, and, and it does affect the content. Uh, you know, you can see it in the content, I think. And uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to some of the, maybe you can tell us, talk to us a little bit about Chronicles, the history of it, see if I'm, what I've understood is accurate. But anyway, if you'd like to join us, 340-9585. 
And we're going to uh, be taking your calls, 340-9585. And uh, we'll put out a few questions here if you'd like to answer them and, uh, you know, kind of test your knowledge of the Scriptures and help us grow a little bit as we dig a little deeper. You can call in. And we do have some actual prizes that we're we're stirring them up. When when Splashtown opens, we're going to have – we already have uh, some free tickets that we can give. And so uh, it's not open yet for the summer, but um, we're going to start right now, you know, promising yeah. those, giving them, taking, we have making free a tickets list. for a park that's not open. <laughs> Ma- <laughs> making a list. And when uh, Splashdown opens here uh, in a few weeks, we'll be sending, getting those to you. So you can take some kiddos, grandkids, family members, others, family, you know, just go and enjoy it for the summer. So we're, we're sending out those early. Uh, and uh, a few other things, we've got rose cleaners, uh, coupons and so on still so we'll put together a little package and are we uh, ever going to get that mexican restaurant back (laughs) well you really really i really like the mexican restaurant i know me too well yeah we'll see we'll 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 see about that we'll make it a matter of prayer jacob um i think maybe a phone call would be better (laughs) (laughs) you're probably right it wasn't there sometime didn't god tell moses was it moses yeah, well, who was, was it? it was At some Moses. point, he told yeah, him, to, yeah. "Hey, get up off your knee. Well, quit yeah, praying." He, and Moses, goes, Moses is praying, and actually, to just make it nice, fluid English, God says, "Will you stop praying and get up and start walking? <laughs> Put some feet to your prayers." Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Uh, so, oh, I just uh, unplugged my earphones. So that's, that's okay, Soapy. We'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's just my earphones. Uh, Soapy still... has become, you might say, unplugged. Now it is really, really a special program because this is a lovely program because now I can talk and not have to hear myself. Isn't that wonderful? That's a, a great privilege that we have wow. here. Oh, yeah. I'm back. Oh, by the way, the telephone number, should anybody want to call. Oh, yes. And, and actually, if you call, you. we'll actually try to take your and, call. And I want to see if you know this famous phone number that we have. Well, I'm, I'm reading it. It's okay. 210-340-9585. That's the Hebrew version, the Jewish version of our phone number. Isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> there is a place of, of unity, right? We, there are some things we agree about. That's good. Well, uh, mathematics or arithmetic would be one of them. Anyway, we're going to get into the book of Chronicles and talk about that as well. But right now, uh, you, we want to pick out a few questions. Yeah, please, okay. you go ahead. Let me give you a question from one, um, Psalm 78. And this is kind of uh, interesting in light of an experience I had this week. Psalm 78, we are told to pass the knowledge of God on to what group of people? In Psalm 78, verse 4, what group of people in particular are we to pass the knowledge of God on to them? And um, by the way, I did attend a a really joyful and wonderful celebration this past week, uh, the ending of a, a Torah study group. Uh, the first five books of of the scriptures, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, at at Temple Bethel, I got to attend. This was the final study as they've made their way verse by verse and passage by passage through the Torah, through the Hebrew scriptures, Genesis through Deuteronomy. And yeah, it was remarkable. It was really insightful. It was uh, it's a, a wonderful, powerful experience for any of us who. And, and it only took us what two weeks. <laughs> That's what I was saying. The kicker is this: you, I, I would ask you, any of you, I've been asking people all week. You know, take a guess at how long it took them to get through the five books of Moses. 
And people have said, oh, some people kind of thought, John said one year, others have said, you know, this, that, and the other. Some people kind of thought, well, I guess since I was asking that, oh, it must be a big number. So they said, oh, five years? So uh, 25 years, that's astounding. It started, and we did it word by word, verse by verse. And uh, it took uh, about 25 years, but we just completed it last uh, Saturday. Yes. How many different rabbis uh, or leaders? Uh, well, as far as I know, four. Oh, period. Yeah, four. And, and I remember the, the, the rabbi who helped begin the Torah study uh, sent, uh, he's, not, he's gone on. He hadn't passed on. He's gone on to another congregation. And, but he sent a greeting and, and, and uh, a celebration and a, a recognition of the people who have done it. And he mentioned several people. And a number of the people had, had actually passed, had gone yes. on to, to glory, and, and uh, which is an interesting thing. When you have a Bible study the last 25 years, a lot of things can happen. Uh, but it was really a remarkable time. Uh, really, really a beautiful. Yeah, we did the last time. two verses of Deuteronomy. Was it the last two verses? Last two verses. It felt and, like four somehow. Oh, me. well, it <laughs> may have felt like a two chapters. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, but it was all completed. But what's interesting is you do it word by word and um, sentence by sentence. Mm-hmm. So you'll, it's interesting because Hebrew is such a small language that uh, words can mean many different things. So you've got to know the context. And, and, uh, and the, in the English translations we have today, uh, often there would be different words from one translation to another. And, and that was very, very, the, some of the people in the study mentioned the fact that that's where I kind of focus sometimes is on the words that have changed. You know, why? And it's because that particular word is problematic or... It, the nuances, it really is very enriching to do that. And uh, I don't know if we have 25 years left to do it, another one like that. But, boy, that's remarkable. I, it was a joy to be there uh, and be a part of that celebration. Uh, our, our, our congratulations to the folks who went through that, focusing on God's Word there for, for the, that period of time, and to that degree, that period of time. But anyway, uh, we are told to pass the knowledge on to what group of people. That's kind of what made me think of that. Oh, I see. Now let's get into the book of Proverbs. Um, uh a glad heart shows up where? If you have a, gla- a glad heart, where does it show up? And uh, that's a question from Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13, uh, that particular proverb. And this one I've always liked every, week, every uh, year when we get to this passage. I like this. When is a bowl of soup better than a steak? I think that's a good question to ask almost any Texan. You know, we love and value our our Texas cattle and our Texas steaks and our barbecues and, and so on. But when is a bowl of soup better than a steak? Uh, so there you go. Those are my three questions from the Psalms and the Proverbs. Um, Jacob usually picks out questions from our for our longer our narrative books. Uh because he he knows he picks out ones he thinks would be interesting to from that Jewish Hebrew perspective and, and for us as uh, as Christians as well. Which uh, questions have you circled tonight, Jake? Well, I, I first, uh, of course, you you prepare all the questions, which is really a chore. I don't know, you do them with your family or by yourself? I just did them myself. Uh, yeah. Well, I first one I picked, I thought it was kind of interesting, was uh, year number three. In Athens, Paul got a chance to address the Council of Philosophers. So to begin his message, he referred to an altar he had seen dedicated to what God? 
The answer is in 1723. <laughs> yeah. So, so very interesting. I, I wonder if this was, was this, some of the times I laugh in the scriptures and I wonder if they laughed, if Paul, if they considered it humorous as well. And, and this is one of those cases. I wonder if Paul didn't kind of tongue in cheek or chuckle a little bit at this or if his friends did at least anyway who the altar he had dedicated to a to a certain god and he mentions that god in uh, acts chapter 17 verse 23 what god was it that he referred to okay and another one i picked i thought this might be kind of interesting is uh, in your verse 12 Mm -hmm. um what, when Paul returned to Jerusalem from his third journey, what did he do? Where? Let me do it again. What did he do to try to appease the believing Jews? And of course, believing is referring to the Christian Jews, I guess. Right? And the I answer- don't. I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Now I get it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose he does mean the believing Jews. Yeah. That the the the. the, the well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the answer is in twenty-one verses twenty-three and twenty-four. Yes, chapter twenty. I'm glad you chose that one because I, I I've heard you speak a little bit on it before, and and it, I really need some insight. I know I do uh, well, need and, some insight and it's on it. So interesting when you uh, when you get down further into uh, some of the verses because it shows you, and there's some verses that I've made to actually coincide to help share and understanding the answer i believe and uh in a couple places in acts right after this it's very interesting because it shows that even though uh, clearly that paul was a uh, converted to mm-hmm. christianity uh it still shows he was doing all the jewish rituals in fact uh, as we get to those questions we'll actually read what paul says Good. and mm-hmm. he says we i still believe in all the law sure uh, it, it, it's it, it it really is a rich text for you and me and for others for all of us to think about because uh, as I've said many times we're we're not on this show together just just because we're good pals and like each other that there's I, I, you know I've always said I I think we belong together that there, there's just uh, I'm, I'm well we'll see we'll look at that text here we have this guy. Uh, He's Jewish, fully and totally and absolutely, totally as Jewish as anybody could be. Mm-hmm. He himself says that. And then yet he's a follower uh, uh, of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He believes that Jesus was indeed that that Messiah, a uh, long-awaited, predicted Messiah. And uh, I'm not sure he considers himself anything but still what he was. He's here. The, this is the whole mixture. This is the chaos of that era. There, there were thousands. I mean, here they are in Jerusalem and in, in Israel, and there are thousands of, of Jewish men and women who have become followers of Jesus and mm-hmm. believe Him to be the Christ, mm-hmm. indeed the Messiah. They don't think of themselves as all of a sudden they're Christians. They haven't joined another religion. They've, well, they, no, the concept of Messiah has always been a Jewish idea. I know, and, and here they are. We're at that sort of a chaotic moment of history where. You know, they don't think of themselves. I'm not sure if Paul thought of himself as a has converted to anything. You know, well, I don't think so because he says, but, "I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm a tribe of it, Benjamin." You know, it's it's a it's a it's such an it's such a powerful moment. I, it, it, of course, eventually it worked out to where there, there there came this separation, this total 
where we don't. But I'm not sure we still. I still think there's an argument to be made that we belong together, that we indeed are. In it. Not that Jews could convert, should convert to anything. We are the ones who've converted. Frankly, I'm an Apache Indian. I, I told uh, our friend Rabbi Stahl one time. I'm a. He asked me what religion do you, get? and I said, you know, to be honest, most of the time I say I'm Jewish. Uh, here I'm, I'm an Apache. We have our own customs and backgrounds and religious traditions and all this sort of thing that in the, of the tribal at least as a people. Uh, but uh, really, I've I've kind of bought into the whole Hebrew revelation. I mean, it's the Torah, it's the Hebrew Bible, it's the he, Jehovah, the Hebrew God, the, the Hebrew Messiah, the, everything about it. Um, it, it, it seems sort of odd to think of myself as anything, but that's that's the well, background. Yeah, you know, it's fascinating. That's where I come from. Uh, we don't have uh, anywhere in the Tanakh, the Old Testament, or in the Torah. We don't have, a, especially the Torah, we don't have a listing of what the qualities and characteristics of the Messiah would be. I mean, you, you have to look to the verses and discern what you're understanding from that in order to understand the qualities and characteristics uh, that should mm-hmm. be expected from Messiah. And you invited me this uh, this past, it oh, wasn't too long ago, to a Torah study where they actually discussed the theme of the, yeah. m- the Messiah. Right. And so uh, what you've really got is, is you've got the historically, if you go down through it, you will discern what uh, the qualities and characteristics should be. In other words, the characteristics and qualities are introduced into the world before the fellow, the Messiah, mm-hmm. shows up. Mm-hmm. In fact, well, some don't some consider it not to be maybe even a person, but maybe an era or a a time period or something like that. Yeah, sure. Some some Jews think it's just a it's an era or, you know what they say, in one era and out the other. (laughs) Yeah, I like that one. uh, But here's a by the way, one of the things that Paul says, Paul is actually, as far as I know, the only witness that actually tells us what language Jesus spoke. Did you know? Oh, really? No, I did not yeah, know that. So it, are you're going to—it's in your book of Acts. <laughs> well, there's a whole lot. Uh, I, I probably knew it, but I forgot. Uh, you know, that's, the, uh, that's my problem. Well, you know, it's there's so much to memorize. Yeah, and I have a very limited um, receptacle here. Uh, when I—I've gotten to the point now, Jacob. If I learn something new, I have to give up something I already knew before. Uh, so I have no more space. Wow. My hard drive is full. <laughs> I understand. But actually, if anybody wants to call in, if I might add another question, it's really not. Sure, sure. It's just so interesting to me that he actually says what language Jesus spoke. I, I would assume he could have spoke Greek, Aramaic, you know, day-to-day business routines, whatever. But for religious purposes. This is not in my list, is it? No. Good, I, I wanna... I've supplemented you myself. Thank you very much. Uh, but it's such an interesting passage. Uh, and if anybody would like to call in, you can also ask that question. What language did Paul say Jesus spoke? It's actually here. Okay, what language and, and did Paul say? Uh-huh, was Jesus, Paul accurate, you think? Uh, without a doubt. Okay. As to the language, 100%, yeah. The, uh, I'm curious. <laughs> did Mel Gibson get it right? No. Okay, because, you know, his in his movie... I know about his okay, movie, Okay, yes. okay, okay. <laughs> Okay. You remember that. Okay, okay. Oh. 
We're not promoting a movie out of this for Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's okay, well, let's go to Chronicles. Can we give an opening question or two from those opening yeah, chapters? Yeah, sure. And you got a couple of really, really interesting All right, ones cool. Uh, I'm going to start off, let's say, with your number four. Uh, do you want me to read it? Yes, First Chronicles 1-1. One, one. Uh, who is listed as the descendants of Adam? Who is the first? The first. First. And this is remarkable. So, and that's in Genesis 1 Chronicles. Wow. One, one. And this is very, very important. That's what we would call a pregnant question. It has all kinds of yeah, well, things. Yeah, it, it, we could, yes. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't. I, I, I hope the courtship and marriage was over. Yeah, but, 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 but who is listed first? Uh-huh. And that starts this yes. list of the, in uh-huh. First Chronicles. Right, right. And, and, and that will kind of brings us, we'll talk about it okay, a little bit. But that on, is on what, such an interesting conversation. Why Chronicles was written. Uh-huh. Okay. And then I'm just do your number eight. Okay. And then it's... Uh, <laughs> so how do we say this? Jabez? Ja, how do you say we it? say Jabez. Jabez. You okay, know, Jabez. We, what do we know? Well, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I bet. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, Jabez is mentioned and remembered because of a prayer to God. How did God respond to Jabez's prayer? And That's where? That's in First uh, Chronicles 4.10. All right. And that is really, really an interesting question because I actually years ago I sat through a class where the guy that wrote the book because he made oh a, yeah he wrote a book called uh, the Prayer, the Prayer of Jabez, Jabez yeah and it's I'll tell you the story about you met him and and no, heard from no, him I didn't meet oh, him, oh a study of the book okay he, it was a DVD but they were playing uh-huh. and it's very interesting what he had to say in there anyway so that's very interesting but those two are just got a load of things to talk about especially that number four okay. Well, before we get into uh, turn it, you know, to Acts and, and we can talk a little bit about that, I think it might be a good moment to talk about Chronicles. It, it is a little bit of a special mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it placed earlier in the books of history in our Bibles, but it placed at the end. Uh, maybe you could explain to us why it's placed at the end. And, and then why is it? considered a little bit more of is it considered a little bit more of a special uh selected history even from the hebrew perspective or well there's a couple of things we get from uh what, what's the difference between samuel and kings for example and chronicles well chronicles uh it's pretty much undisputed except that historically you're familiar with something called the talmud right Yes, uh-huh. it's commentary a, kind yeah, of. It's a commentary. Huge, giant. Yeah. And it's got all the hundreds of years. They commentary. can have a conversation across the centuries because a guy writes something, this guy writes something three centuries later. Anyway, so the Talmud. I don't know. Is it like a? Do they refer to each other? Do they? Yes. Yeah. Kind of it's like it, almost like a Wikipedia. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Wow. Interesting anyway, concept. so. But in the Talmud, I don't know that you need to know exactly the name of the section, but this is the interesting thing. And you, one of your questions does address this. But uh, Ezra is credited with, in Jewish history with putting together the genealogy, not the rest of it. Oh, interesting. And who was Ezra? Just Ezra make sure. was, he was uh, the guy that went back with Nehemiah and helped rebuild the temple. Okay. And he gave a speech, one of the first uh, Sermon on the Mountains, you might say. And hmm. uh, Now, he was a rabbi. He was a... Uh, uh, um, a priest. A priest. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the tribe Levite. Uh, and, and Nehemiah was not. Uh, that is correct. He was a governor. Uh, I believe that's correct. Mm-hmm. And so he actually put that in there. The other things we learned from uh, Chronicles 
is that uh, we learn things we never learn in the books themselves. Uh, the Samuel, the Kings, that kind of stuff. We learn uh, certain, uh, let's say, uh, shortcomings of the uh, monarchs of the northern tribes. We also learn... Um, I, don't, I didn't think they even mentioned the kings of the northern tribes. Yeah, yeah, they do. And then the, and but the, he only traces, yes. uh, it lists the, the, the kings yes. of the, of the oh, southern. Wait, Judah is what you, we really want to get to because Judah is addressed. And I'm going to show you how the book of Chronicles works. Yes, good deal. We'll come back to that. And uh, introduce you that the book of Chronicles are very interesting. They're a selected history for a purpose. It has to do with the time in which they were written, the, the era or the time period. I'm, I'm shying away from the word era now because of you. But the time period in which they were written, there was a specific purpose. We'll come back and talk with it, talk with it, with it about it further here on the Bible Live Quiz Show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Hey, this is Bob Olszewski. Thanks for listening to Plugged In. Through Miley Cyrus's post-Hannah Montana career, we've watched her bounce erratically, like a pinball, in her personal and public life. And her music has reflected those zigs and zags. Her new single, Malibu, seems to indicate that she's zigging away from hedonistic, boundary-free indulgences and back toward her more mainstream roots. In fact, the song appears to be a pretty thinly veiled tribute to her fiancé, Liam Hemsworth. It talks of personal fears and her loved one's encouragements. It longs for new beginnings and hopes for a bright future. So I'm giving the tune Malibu a four and a half out of five for family friendliness. For the full review, visit PluggedIn.com radio. I'm Jake Roberson for Focus on the Families, Plugged In. If you lease office, retail, or warehouse space for your business, the last thing you want to do is overpay the landlord. But it happens every day. Hi, I'm Scott McMurray and president of Bottom Line Realty Advisors. We work with business people who want an effective strategy for their next real estate decision. Whether leasing or buying, it affects your bottom line. Your landlord has representation and you should too. Even if you're a good tenant with no plans to move at all, you're the most vulnerable to getting a really bad deal. We only represent our clients, never landlords, so we have no conflict of interest. We stay on your side. Call me, Scott McMurrian, at 210-535-7800, and we'll negotiate from a position of strength. BottomlineRealtyAdvisors.com Bottomline Realty Advisors We get the landlord off your bottom line Join Barry Bass every weekday morning for the KSLR Morning Ministries, including Through the Bible, Renewing Your Mind, Truth for Life, and Focus on the Family. Weekdays from 6 to 10 on AM 630 KSLR and KSLR.com. 
This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. Agnes Day, I think it's called. Um, how holy, how wonderful, how great is our God. Unlike any other, unequaled, no other uh, no, no other God beside him. What a what a great song. Uh, well, we're coming back now to, uh, and of course that's a good reminder that the, the purpose of Bible study, folks, just in, just a reminder, it's a good thing for us. To, it's not just to kind of feed our intellectual curiosity and an academic thing. It, it's to grow in our love and our devotion to God and our faith in him and our willingness to obey him and trust him and be uh, the people of God here uh, on this planet. So that it's it's not just academic and uh Cerebral here. We're really wanna, talking about. I know you want to grab uh, mm-hmm. a couple calls. Yes. I guess I'm but I want to tell you one last thing I was going to say before we went to break. Sure. The other thing that we learned from the book of uh, Chronicles is the history of the, uh, like the, the great deeds of Judah and the listing of the kings of Judah. And that shows up the reason that's important. But for that listing in Chronicles, you would not have in the New Testament. The listing of the kings. So the, where they come from in Matthew and uh-huh. Luke, uh, they're coming from Chronicles. And but for Chronicles, we would not have that con- chronological listing. But And Chronicles evidently drew from Samuel, from the, oh, the yeah. book of the There's kings many, and the books of Samuel. Uh, uh, especially the book of the kings, I guess, sure. more than the other. But they, it also lists some other sources. Uh, it seems like there's a couple. He says the... They say this we got from the book of Jasher or something like yeah, that. Sure, and, uh-huh, yeah, sure. And the, the book of Life <clears throat> and that kind of stuff. Yeah, those are there. There's lots of different ideas for what that means. And and uh, I guess the background of the book of Chronicles, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, as I understand it, though, is that it's it, here they're coming back. You have these, they've been, uh, what, 70 years in exile right. in Babylon. And, and this is a whole new generation. These are... Probably younger men and women. They yes. they were maybe born raised in Babylon, right. and they're coming back. And so Ezra is. This is he's reviewing with them their history, their legacy, their who they are as a people to help them reestablish and, and re and restore a sense of their identity, who they are, and whose they are, the God they serve. And so we have this written, and it and it, it doesn't follow. It mentions some of the kings of the north, but it doesn't follow them does it i don't think so i think it mainly focuses on the kings of the south of judah and um and it doesn't list <clears throat> in this particular case i don't think he lists some of the uh frailties some of the failures some of them are like it doesn't talk about david and david's uh fall and and failure the the um the adultery and so on uh, because in its reason is because he's he's focusing on the positive, on the good, on the inspirational, the that would really encourage the people there as to who they are and their God and their people and their their history. So it seems to me that's part of the context of Ezra, at least, and the books of the Chronicles. Well, let's go uh, as you said before. We don't want to keep folks waiting too long. Okay. Uh, who do we have? Did I lose I one think, already, uh, Her- John? I think I did, didn't I? I think ha- did the other guy leave, Paul? Let's go and yes, I guess. Okay, please, Paul, I hope you'll call you back. Have my apologies. Please <clears throat> call back. He was kicking me under the table and saying, "Call and take call, take a call, take a call." Let's visit first, though, for the moment here with uh, Harold, and maybe Paul will give us a call back. Hi, Harold. Hi. How y'all doing? It's been a holiday weekend. 
We're doing great. Very well, great. Thank That's you, great. Yeah, Is you there a that, reason for yeah, the you Hallelujah heard, Week? Mm-hmm. The Hallelujah Week? Well, yeah you, yeah, you heard that song before. You know, I've heard there was a secret chord that David played and pleased the Lord. You know, I was hearing uh, what you were saying about uh, about the Torah study and, and everything, and yes. I had already looked up uh, this afternoon, you know, I can say Rabbi Block's name because it's in a video on YouTube that we all looked at there, and uh-huh. he was talking about how the Torah study started in 1992. And actually, Toby Dollar, I went to your webpage, but I've, I've known this in the past, and it says your webpage, since 1992, Toby has hosted a variety of radio programs in the Bible Live. Yes. So at the same time, Christians and Jews, the same year, I, mean, I know it's going on all the time, but in this incident, with these two people we're talking about, Christians and and uh, Jewish people, it started the same year. And I was just so glad, you know, that you were there. I mean, you know, I didn't know about all that, you know, was going to happen. Well, I hadn't put and, two uh, things together either, Harold. That I, I didn't know that I knew I had begun the, uh, my time in broadcast uh, back in the early nineties, yeah. around ninety two. But I didn't, re- I hadn't put it together that that's exactly when that Torah study group started as well. That's interesting. Yeah, well, you know, I told my mama that you were there in person, and uh, she got quiet for about a minute. And I said, Mama, I was there in person, too. And she snapped out of it. But, you know, there was a verse I was going to read you. Um, just just, just real quick, in um, Zechariah chapter 8, verse 23, uh-huh. Thus says the Lord of hosts, In those days ten men from every language of the nations shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, Let us go with you, for we... I've heard that God is with you. And I've been reading that verse in the mornings. And, um, you know, of course, I have my Bible in my backpack and stuff like that. But anyway, I'll let you all go. I just wanted to say it's been a great weekend and looking forward to more to come. And uh, I'll check back with you all next time. Harold, good to hear from you, as always. uh, Thank you for calling, Harold. Is that reference to 10 men anything at all to do with the synagogue uh, well, uh, I, I think he's referring to what they're made out of. They're made out of tin. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm and joking. the tin man in The Wizard of Oz was uh, uh, a, a Jew, I believe. You told me that, that before, That is right? correct. Actually, the guy who wrote it was, uh, when it says Wizard of Oz, it's actually O-O's, and that is a Hebrew word for, like, strength. So it's the Wizard of Strength. And he gave, always. They gave every one of those characters their own particular individualized strength. There's always a connection. I'm getting used to that. That's very, very interesting. But it says here, in those days, 10 men from different nations and languages of the world. Now, the reason I kind of in my mind thought maybe the synagogue idea was that, uh, wasn't that the idea of the synagogue when there were 10 Jewish Uh, males of of, of 12 years or 13 years of age and over, uh, that they would put right. together a synagogue. Sure. Uh, but that's not a reference to it. That's not the idea here in I that verse. I don't think it's so, not a prediction but, uh, but I'm willing to work with it. <laughs> we'll make a sermon there. We can just get two more points in a poem. Sure. We'll have a sermon. Uh, we have got some questions out for you. What language did Jesus speak? Uh, if you'd like to give us a call. Did in, I give uh, the verse where they can find that? All right, yeah. It's uh, 20, Acts 26, 14. 26, 14. I'm so curious about that one. I can't wait to see. What? I don't remember Paul talking about that, but oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I wrote it okay. down so you could find it at sure. your leisure. 
when Paul returned to Jerusalem after his third missionary journey, <laughs> what did he try to do? What did he do to try to appease the believing Jews? And by believing Jews, there he means the the Jews who were followers of see they were of, of Jesus. They were in this uh, chaotic period. Would boy, they they just. Uh, I, I I don't know. It, it was it's so hard for me to kind of get a sense of what that was like, how some Jews went one way, some went another and how. Uh, but that's what caused that. What, what did Paul do when he, uh, what did he do? He made an effort to appease these uh, Jewish uh, believers there in Jerusalem. And in Athens, Paul got a chance to address the Council of Philosophers. It's a famous uh, sermon uh, that he gives there in, Ath- in, in uh, chapter 17. He begins his sermon by referring to an altar that he had seen dedicated to a certain God. Now, there were a lot of altars and a, and a lot of dedicated. Sure, to different, sure, sure, but he sure. says, I saw one in particular that I want to I talk to you about that God today. Yeah, he kind of used uh, it. So who was it? Answers in 1723. 1723. What's always fascinating is this is an example, and the Greeks are great philosophers and debaters and all that kind of thing. And here is Paul, this Jewish guy who really was a lawyer, and he shows up and he debates with them on their own premises, Mars Hill, I believe, Mm -hmm. and he out-debates them with their own Greek logic. It's very interesting, his, and, he, and he speaks, and they receive him, they hear him, and it says, actually, in the text, that they were tracking with him, they were kind of along with him, until he talked about someone rising from the dead. Right, and that, right. that was, they, they, that's where they, they couldn't go there. That was, yeah. uh, that was too far stretched that's for them. Right. At that point, they <laughs> referred him back to personal administration. Yeah. <laughs> but there's an interesting consequence. And let me, there's another question I've asked in here that says, what were... The uh, results, let me see if I can find it here. Um, in, in, in Athens, people responded to Paul's presentation in three different ways. And maybe you could uh, give us those three ways, folks. I'll put that question out there as well. What were the three different responses that Paul got to his sermon? And is it, there's at the very last verse of chapter 17, uh, you'll find it. There at at the very end of the chapter, uh, what were the three ways that people responded to his uh, sermon? And it, it's the three ways that people respond even today when we share the message of of the of God and the message of redemption with people. Uh, people will respond. You'll still see people responding in these three different ways, and we should be prepared for it. It 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 shouldn't surprise us, and it shouldn't disturb us. Uh, that's part oh, when we when we share a message. People have their freedom to respond, and, and we should expect these. Well, so there, there's another question for you. What were the three different responses that Paul got to his sermon there in Athens? Uh, let's pick up one of these now, and just me and you start talking about it. Uh, which would you like? Do you want to tell us about the language, or do you want to go to the question about the the, the, the ritual? Well, you know, let's uh, leave the language out there a little bit, because uh, that okay. is fascinating. But uh, there is something. And 2415, let me see if I still have that chapter in this Bible. Uh-huh. 2415, yeah. Okay, it actually starts at 2414. May, may I read? Please. Okay, 2414. But this I admit to you, uh, this is Paul talking. Unfortunately, somebody must have been there transcribing. <laughs> I don't know. At any rate, so <clears throat> it says, 
Uh, but this I admit to you, according to the way which they call a sect, I do serve the God of our fathers, uh, believing everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets. Notice he's saying law and prophets. Mm -hmm. But then look at 15. Having hope in God, which these men cherish themselves, that there shall certainly be a resurrection of the righteous and the wicked. In view of this, I do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience, both before God and men. Now, one of the interesting things there, there is Paul saying a resurrection of the righteous and the wicked. Now, this is him speaking before Felix. Uh -huh. <clears throat> and... Uh, <clears throat> If I understand correctly, some of his accusers, uh, Ananias, the high priest, uh, uh, the lawyer Tertullus uh, was there, sure. and the ones that brought charges against him. Uh, right. Essentially, I guess the Sanhedrin, right? Or members of the Sanhedrin? Would that be accurate? Uh, yes, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Of course, and they were uh, hackies for Rome and Herod, of course. Right, and they would be present at this time when he's speaking. At this, this is a trial. Well, right? this uh, this was with uh, Felix, as you say. Okay, before before Felix. Uh -huh. And but before we go on, I want to also point out almost a companion couple of verses that occurs in twenty three. I did them backwards mm -hmm. on purpose. Mm -hmm. Look at twenty three, seven and eight. Good. And so let's clear up a mystery. We have a mystery right here in River City, folks. Now, this is him speaking before uh, the Sanhedrin, before the high count. Okay, I was confusing the other speech with that. <clears throat> this is the one I was more familiar with. Okay, good. Uh, okay, <clears throat> here's, uh, let's read the 7 and 8, okay? It says 7, Paul's talking. He says, as he said this, uh, there occurred a dissension between the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. Eight, for the Sadducees says there's no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. Now, I, I've heard the joke, we've all heard the joke about, you know, why they were so sad, you see, is because they did not believe in life after death. That is absolutely 100% not true. Okay. The issue is not is there life after death? The issue was, was there a physical resurrection? Some said, yeah, there's physical resurrection. Some said, no, 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 we're going to heaven. You know, we're not going to be physically resurrected. That was the debate. Because notice it actually says resurrection. It doesn't say they don't believe in an afterlife. So what he's saying is, and so the, when I always hear that, you know, predominantly among some Christian folks, preachers especially, they say, oh, they didn't believe in an afterlife. Well, that's not true. They absolutely did. The, the, why, if there was no afterlife, why waste your time in any of this stuff? Live your life. Have a good time. But this did, um, if you back up to mm -hmm. verse 6, it says, <clears throat> Paul realized that some members of the high council were Sadducees. I have some... <clears throat> and some were Pharisees. So he shouted, Brothers, I am a Pharisee, as were my ancestors, and I am on trial because my hope is in the resurrection of the dead. There you go. So he, this was a clear intent on the part of Saul to, oh, yeah. to divide his enemies, oh, yeah. uh, right? I mean, to have them start debating among themselves. Right. Right. It, and he, he's successful uh, in doing that. Mm -hmm. and, and so was that... When he says, I'm on trial because my hope is in the resurrection of the dead, right. was that said because 
they understood him to be saying my my, my faith or my belief in the bodily resurrection from the dead. In other words, the way we read it in English, he doesn't say my hope is in the bodily resurrection of the dead. Uh, and so what you're saying is that what we really separated them is that the Pharisees believed in the bodily resurrection. The Sadducees yeah. did not believe in a bodily physical yeah. resurrection. If I said to you, and I know this is a, a concept that's from a Christian point of view, maybe a difficult thing. But if, even if you say to some Jews, well, how is it? And I'm going to use the words uh, uh, Garden of Eden, uh, afterlife, heaven. I'm going to use them interchangeably, let's say. Mm -hmm. So if I say to somebody, well, how? Because Christians understand that you must believe in Jesus to get to heaven, as I understand. And but if I say how, even to some Jews or whoever, I say, well, how do Jews get to heaven without Jesus then? And they have and always have had the concept that they get to heaven. Now, somewhere they came up with that, and I can tell you where. But the point is, they have that concept that is not a preferred and accepted concept among many Christian believers. I understand that. But the reason I brought those two sets of verses up, because it says, in the first things we read, it says, the resurrection of the righteous and the wicked. Right. So there's a resurrection. And then it says, look, I believe in the resurrection. And so he's talking about something different. But everybody had the concept that the Jews would get to what we call heaven, afterlife, Ganidan, Garden of Eden, um, Olam Haba, the world to come. Uh, so they always had that concept and so it wasn't, they never felt that they had the duty or need to have a quote-unquote savior to take care of their sins. They didn't have that concept really, not historically. And so they were going to get there. And so the issue was here, is there going to Would be, you say that again, what you just said, they didn't, who didn't have the concept uh, the, uh, some of, the Jews, of a savior? Uh, well, actually, all the Jews had the concept of, uh, an afterlife in Hebrew, how about Lam or uh, the, mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the afterlife, the world, heaven, whatever you'd like to call it. So they had that concept. Now, they didn't just imagine that concept. They have things they rely on, uh, though it's not heavily dwelt upon in the Bible because the Bible, what you call the Old Testament, the Tanakh, the Torah especially, mm -hmm. has to do with how to live in this world. Mm -hmm. It's not really concerned with getting to heaven. Uh, it's a concept of how you're supposed to treat God and your fellow human beings in this world. These are the rules for Earth, planet mm -hmm. Earth. All right. And so the reason I went to how the people of God are supposed to live and exactly. the values. They, sure. Yeah. So the Jews never really had the concept of following God's laws. Got you to heaven. That was a, that's only a modern concept that's been, if you'll pardon the word, proselytized in some quarters. But mm -hmm. that's not a Jewish concept. It doesn't get you to heaven. You get to heaven. You may be judged. There is a judgment. But uh, that comes along. That's the Jewish concept. So it comes along. But you're going to get to heaven. And the Jews always had the concept. They were getting there. Now, there will be, and that's why I went to those first verses that Paul's talking about when he says, look, uh, the righteous and the wicked's getting resurrected. And then he goes back, and went back to these verses. It says, look, the uh, Pharisees say there's a physical resurrection. The Sadducees say no. They're not worried about the heaven part. They're worried about, they're debating about the physical resurrection part. 
So that's what's really going on. And, and, uh, and uh, this stuff just really isn't considered very much because certainly it's not one of those concepts or traits that would be readily acceptable among, let's say, modern-day Christian thought. Because they say, well, no, you can't get to heaven without Jesus. And I think that's a fair thing to say. But No, wait no, a minute. Not, okay. I, I, I'm liable to get my own self in trouble here a little oh, bit, I but I don't think so. I don't so. want you to get in trouble. So well, we, let's get John <laughs> trouble. So what did John say to you? <laughs> no, uh, it, 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 there is a fine point of distinction here, and I hope people can get it that the off-quoted verse that that is John chapter 14 yes where uh Jesus is speaking um John 14 begins with um peace I give to you my peace I give to you not the peace that the world gives but my and so on mm-hmm. and he says I'm going to prepare a place for you if I go right. to a place I'll come back and receive yes. you into myself and, and and then uh Thomas I think it is says show us uh, uh let me see let me see, see we know the way um uh, show us the way or uh, he's and he says, uh, "I." He says, "Show us the Father." He says, "Have you? I've been with you so long. You haven't. You know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father." And he says, "Show us the way." And he says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." There you go. Now, all right. So, let's take that verse and what it actually says. Okay. Literally, what it says. All right. Uh, and and I think it would be. It, it would be an interesting development for us. But first, let's go. Um, yeah, and I want to, as you go on, as you go into the next one, I also <laughs> want to, again, reissue an invitation to Paul that we're sorry we left you on hold so long and some other folks. But, Paul, please feel free to call back. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Let's go visit right now. Uh, uh, who was it? Uh, the name went right they out of They said uh, Bob. Bob. Okay, Bob, you're on the air with us here on the Bible Live Quiz Show. Good to hear from you. Hi, uh, gentlemen. Uh, good to hear from you, too. Thank I'm enjoying you. the show. Uh, we uh, called earlier. It's at home, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I was uh, listening to this uh, conversation about the Book of Acts and these, the, the milieu of the uh, first century, and <laughs> we're talking about Paul and so forth. And yes. <laughs> I had just recently come across an article on the Internet on the Biblical Archaeology Review by a man named Yigel Yadin, who was in the IDF. He's a scholar, but he was in the IDF at the time in 1967, 50 years ago, and he was in negotiations with a a man from New York who was acting as an agent for a uh, document out of Qumran. And uh, I think it's known as the uh, KV-11 document, perhaps. But anyway... uh, Jerusalem was captured, and within two days, uh, Yadin got a soldier or two and went over to this guy's shop, this Arab's shop, because he knew right where it was, right. and said, hey, if you got that document, if you got that document, you've got to hand it over based on our, our antiquities uh, laws, mm-hmm. that you, you've got to hand it, hand it over. And you'll get paid for it, and eventually he was paid about $105,000 for it. But you've got to hand it over. And sure enough, they, they quizzed him, and he, he had it in, in the shop, and he turned it over. But uh, after Yadin did his, uh, was back out of the uh, service and was doing his research, he believes that when we say, uh, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the scribes, he believes that it's really, when we say the scribes, what he really means is the Essenes, in that the Essenes were a were known for writing, for their writing, 
and uh, keeping records and their uh, prophecies and uh, so forth and their their uh, theology, shall we call it. And uh, he believes that instead of saying it's the Pharisees and the scribes, it's the Pharisees and the Essenes. And the Essenes were a special category who were under some protection from Herod. But uh, I I find it very interesting, and I I just bring it up because we're here in the 50th anniversary of the capture of uh, Jerusalem. So it's uh, and, and, and we're just sitting here in the 300th anniversary of we're sitting here in the 300th anniversary of San Antonio, which uh-huh. I find very interesting. Yes, yes. Yeah, but Bob, when you say capture, let's make sure our audience understand who who reclaimed it. <laughs> right, Bob. Can you hear me? Uh, I, I think so. Who, who reclaimed what? So you cannot hear me. Who reclaimed I can, Jerusalem? I, I, Bob who reclaimed Bob. Jerusalem, but the, uh, the government of Israel captured it because at the time the U.N. had uh, made it a part of Jordan, but uh, Jordan re- relinquished it in effect, But uh, I believe. But uh, uh, well, can you hear in the 1967 war, Israel took, took the city, and then in this way, yeah. Yadin then had access to this document. All right. okay. Bob, can you uh, hear me at all? Uh, yes. Okay. Here's what I wanted to ask is, uh, so when we say capture, we're talking about the Israelis reclaiming it, right. taking possession yes. of it, right? Yes. The 1967 war. All right, I good. don't think he was 50, trying to make a political 50, point there. 50 years ago. Yeah. They captured the city. Sure. And, yeah. All right. So that, it is. It was 50 years ago. In fact, there's a movie going to be played one time. I'm not doing a movie plug, but it's going to be played one time. Uh, across America in the theaters this coming Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. It's, uh, it's about 14 bucks to go to it. But it's called Back in Our Hands or something like that. And it's put, made by... Uh, it was made by uh, CBN. Uh, Canadian... No, no, no. 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 Oh, oh, Christian Broadcasting yeah. Network. Yeah. yeah, and they put up the money. They financed the movie. And I've heard them talking on many shows about it. And it's supposed to be very, very accurate. But it's this Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, one-time show, once in America, all in the theaters. Back in back in my hands? Or? Back in my hands, 7 o'clock, yeah, on Tuesday. All right, we've got to take another quick break for our, until our... Our third segment, our final segment for the evening, 340-9585. That's the way you can join us. We're glad to have you as a part of the program, like Bob, like Harold, like others. Paul, give us a call back. We'll be right back. To the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Jacob, of course, here we are thanking you for joining us. This is our final segment. If you'd like to give us a call, be a part 340 9585. We're, we're kind of uh, hanging on, kind of, I guess, delaying a little bit some of these passages and some of the comments that we could talk about the book of Acts or Chronicles. 
<clears throat> are very, very powerful tonight. So let's get down to those, yeah. you and I, Jacob. And then, of course, if folks want to call in, they always can. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Let's get the language of Jesus out of the way. Okay. I always thought it was. I don't know. Do you want me to guess? Sure. Aramaic. Uh, I'm sure he spoke probably because it was the coin of the realm, you might say. So he probably spoke Greek or Aramaic for business purposes and whatever. But in religious services. And it says in Acts 26, 14, Jesus spoke Hebrew. Acts 26, 14. Is that a quote, an actual, it says Jesus spoke Hebrew. It does, it says. And I would imagine during the religious <clears throat> Oh, it says here Aramaic. Isn't that interesting? Well, we all fell down, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic. Okay, now this, uh, look at your Bible. See if there's an asterisk, and look down. There the bottom, is. Uh, look down at the bottom of the page and see what the correct language is. Uh huh. Or Hebrew. <laughs> oh, Hebrew. Now I don't know why that goes on in a lot of Bibles, and I don't know why. It is actually, it, isn't Hebrew uh, an Aramaic language? Uh, or they, they probably both? come from a uh, Aramaic is kind of a mixture, sort of like Yiddish. You know, it's got some German, some Jewish. You know. Well, does it, uh, uh, let's just talk about it a second. Aramaic. That's talked. There was a prior uh, centuries before, before the Babylonians, before the Assyrians, mm -hmm. Assyria and Nineveh, and so on. There was the there was a Ram. There, that was more or less the the ancient culture that all of those kind of flowed from, I guess. And is that would that be and that would be the language? It, was Hebrew an Aramaic language? No. Remember Abraham Every went up. Every language in the world came from Hebrew. Okay. When God spoke the world into being, what language did He use? <clears throat> well, I spoke Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get into that. I heard a, a famous argument about that yeah, one yeah. time, and just got to heaven. And they were arguing about which uh, which language was really. And, and they said, "Well, let's just go. Let's ask. I asked God Himself. God, what do you have to say?" And He goes, "Buenos dias, señores." <laughs> so, so I mean, I don't know. There's uh, always this uh, right. question. But anyway, so it's interesting. Yeah, and I, I, I look. I look. I check a lot of things before the show in the original Greek. Mm -hmm. And the Greek it says Ivrit or Hebrew. Well, I've, I've kind of wondered about that in a way through the years because uh, remember uh, um, Abraham mm -hmm. leaves Uz or he go, he leaves his land oh, and he right, goes. Yeah. Remember Laban is yeah. Laban already there? Uh, or Laban when Abraham goes? No, he was. Uh, oh no, they were. Yeah. He was in the the. Uh, they went together. Yeah. Well, and, then, and Abraham went on down, and Laban stayed, right? No. Uh, 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 who uh, went? Uh, it was wasn't Laban? It was his brother. Gosh, it was Abraham's a, brother? No, wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> it was is a lot. No, Lot, yeah, Lot, the Lot, nephew, went down Lot with him. Lot, the nephew, went with Abraham. Lot and Lot was the son of his brother. Yeah. And, and but actually, they stayed up at is a relative of <clears throat> Abraham. And, uh, right. And, and actually, Abraham would have, he would have known all the stories about everything about Abraham because he was a relative. In <laughs> fact, they sent the... But they became big wheels up there in... in Aram. That's where they were from, right? They, uh, yeah. But I, I don't know if that has linguistic uh, implications well, or not. I don't but. know this, but uh, I I know that in the Greek it says Hebrew. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I, I 
And I notice that even in your Bible, mm-hmm. it has an asterisk in the bottom. It says in Hebrew. Or Hebrew, yeah. Or yeah. Hebrew, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, well, and, and they may be closer. Anyway, yeah, right. Who that's uh, the one I'm using. Well, it's interesting. Uh, that's, what, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Huh? Well, gonna, of course. All right, let's go to that other question, though, that I wanted you to talk to. When oh. Paul returned to Jerusalem wow. from his third journey, that's yeah. found in uh, Acts chapter 21, he he mm-hmm. tried to appease the believing. It says he tried to appease the believing Jews. That's the phrase that's used here. But he went. He uh, participated in a um, a purification ritual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it before uh, Passover? Was that the idea? Or well, it could be for any number of things. <coughs> okay, it, we see that in chapter twenty-one. He arrives back in Jerusalem, and he says, uh, uh, Oh, let me see. I'm trying to find it. Uh, the, the, where he actually talks to the. Uh, Thank you for bringing it up. Let's take a quick look because there's a couple of things. Okay. To talk about. But look, look over. Look in verses. Uh, let's say. Uh, he went to the temple. Yeah. Uh, verse 26. 22 through uh, 25. Go. Why do you read them? 22 through 25. Okay. Let's see what it says. <laughs> this is very interesting. Uh, okay. You know, uh, I'm going to start a little bit. The Jewish believers here in Jerusalem have been told that you are teaching all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn their backs on the laws of Moses. They've heard that you teach them not, not to circumcise their children or follow other Jewish customs. Uh-huh. What should we do? They, they will certainly hear that you have come. <coughs> these, these were Jewish people say many thousands of Jews have also believed and follow, uh, follow uh, of Christ and they follow the law of Moses very seriously. But some Jewish believers say that you've told them to abandon uh, the, the, the laws of Moses and so on. Mm-hmm. And, and so what should we do? They will hear that you come. Here's what we want you to do. We have four men here who have completed their vow. What was it? Uh, we don't know. Um, uh, go with them to the temple and join them in the purification ceremony, paying for them to have their heads ritually shaved. Then everyone will I'm know guessing it's a Nazarite vow based on what's described. But here. would they have shaved their heads? Well, and it's when they get stop <laughs> get drinking alcohol. They're, they might have been they might have been alcoholics that gave it up. That too, okay. Then everyone will know that the rumors are all false, that you observe that you yourself observe the Jewish laws. As for the Gentile believers, they should do what wait, we wait, wait, do. look, you're now okay. twenty five, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay, now look at the distinction he's making. Uh huh. Yes, saying, exactly. Look, the Gentiles don't have to do this, uh-huh, uh-huh. but you Jews do. Look at 25. It uh-huh. says, but concerning the Gentiles. Yeah. Okay, and then when you go on. The, the Noahic or the, the Noahic Noahi Noahi laws. laws yeah. So he's saying, look, the, Jew, the, the Jews have to do this. But the ones, the people that don't want to be Jews, they only have to do what it says in verse 25. And it repeats everything it said back in Acts 15. <coughs> it's the Noahic laws. And that's fascinating. So they're distinguishing between the Jews and they're saying, hey, Paul, you know, they're, they're saying you're teaching people not to be circumcised their children, etc." And, of course, Paul says, well, that's not true. I believe the law. And so he goes on. And so he, then he says, but concerning the Gentiles, all they got to do is the Noahide laws. That's actually what it's saying. Okay. So let's paint. Let's see what... Paul comes back to Jerusalem. He, uh, they arrive. The next day he goes and meets with James and the elders of the Jerusalem church. These were, again now, these weren't Christians in that sense. These were Jewish men and women who were followers of Jesus. They believed it, but they didn't stop being Jewish. Mm-hmm. And they greeted him. He tells them the things that went on. They, they 
they praised God and they were excited to hear it. And, and, and then they said to him, you know, dear brother, thousands of Jews have also believed and they all and they all follow the law of Moses very seriously. But the Jewish believers here in Jerusalem have been told that you are teaching all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn their backs on the laws of Moses. They've heard that you teach not to circ circumcise their children. So these are these are <clears throat> this is James and the elders of the followers of Jesus in Jerusalem and they are encouraging him then here and they have men who are who are ready to take uh, vows of, of purification uh, vows to the Lord could be no could be a Nazarite vow or other vows <clears throat> and so they encourage Paul to participate with them so that people will know that no we don't we're not teaching that Paul is going to pay for them to show that he supports them doing the Jewish law. Exactly. So, Paul, these are Christians in Jerusalem encouraging him well, to... Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't think that's... Okay, I don't okay. Think I agree with that. Okay. Uh, these are the guys that are the Jews running the temple. Oh, 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 and, and oh well, look what he says, though. And he says, look, for the, the everybody's heard about you, that supposedly you're teaching people not to obey, obey the laws of Moses. We're going to prove that's not true by letting you take these four guys. You take them there, and let's do the Jewish rituals, and you're going to pay for it. Well, look at verse 18, though. Okay. Read that. Well, well, what well, just backing up to see who he's talking to. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. 18. Uh, so all that day Paul went to Jerusalem. James and all the elders <laughs> were there or present. Okay. All right. That's James and the elders. 19. Right? 19. And then he greeted them, and he began to... Relate to one of them the things that God has been doing among the Gentiles through his ministry. Through his right. ministry. After uh, hearing this, they pray. Who are we talking? They praise yeah, God. Okay, you're correct. Yes. Huh? So these are James uh, and these are Jewish followers of Jesus are, who tell him yes. this. They say, look, uh, you know, they say that you're doing it and, and we don't. We, we, so we want to we want to stop that. Yeah. So here's we've got some people among us here, Jewish well, believers. Go, go ahead and read that verse 20 because <coughs> how it ends is very interesting. Yes. Uh, you know, dear brother, many thousands of Jews have also believed following Jesus, and they all follow the law of Moses very seriously. But the Jewish believers here in Jerusalem have been told that you are teaching all the Jews who live among the Gentiles out there in your trips to turn their backs on the laws of Moses. They've heard that you teach them not to circumcise their children uh -huh. or follow other Jewish customs. Right. What should we do? They will certainly hear that you have come here. And they, and so he says, here, here's what we want you to do. We have four men who have, these are believing followers of Jesus, Jews in Jerusalem, part of the church there under a uh, James leadership. And we're saying they're here. They're following the law of right, Moses. Right, they're, right. And they 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 taking this vow. Right. We want you to go with them and join them in the purification ceremony, paying for them paying to show that you support. It. So he saw it. So they're wanting everybody in Jerusalem to see he does the Jewish stuff. He's even paying for these other Jews. So he's it, it does complicate the complicate the conversation here because these are actually James and the elders of the Jewish. Yeah, but they're Jews. That's the distinction. Yes, that's the truth. No, but, but they but are when you also get to 25. But they're also followers of Jesus. So okay. what I'm saying is that yeah. they don't consider themselves not Jews now because they follow Jesus, okay. right? Exactly. Okay. What's okay. here, you're 100% right. Okay. So go ahead. 
But, well, but then when you get 25, <clears throat> they're saying, now, mm-hmm. so the Jews are going to keep this stuff, and you're going to pay for them. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to see you pay for them, and you're going to do it. So everybody's going to say, okay, that's going to make That's going to cause them to see that it's a lie that you're not committed Moses. to the that's laws right. of Moses. But yeah. you are doing the laws mm-hmm. of Moses. But when it comes to the Gentiles, 25, they, we have told them, just follow these, they list the laws, the Noahide laws. So you and see, they refer to that letter of Acts 15 that we've already discussed. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So you've got a clear distinction going on. They're saying, look, if you're Jewish, you don't have a choice. You've got to do these laws of Moses, regardless of what you believe, because belief is not a big thing in Jewish thought. I can believe there's a spaceship in the backyard playing its radio too loud. That doesn't mean that it affects anything. It's just what I believe. <laughs> And so that is what you believe. I, I heard you say it. You heard it here first. So, first. so what's going to go on is, <clears> and where am I? Oh, I want to uh, look over and co- now let's jump to because just for time purposes, sure. look at twenty-six verse five. Okay, and this will support what we're just talking about. Oh, you, it is good to see what happens here. The Paul he went and he did that. He took the vow and did. Uh, when the seven days of the vow were almost ended, some Jews from the province of the Asia saw Paul in the temple, aroused a mob against him. I don't know if these are followers of Jesus or not, yelling, men of Israel, help this man preaches against our people everywhere and tells everybody to disobey Jewish laws. He speaks against the temple and even defiles his holy place by bringing in Gentiles. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did they say that those four guys were Gentiles? Is that the no, idea? No, 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 no. For yeah. earlier that day, they had seen him in the city with Trophimus, a Gentile from uh, Ephesus, uh, and they assumed that Paul had taken him into the temple. Right. So uh, uh, it, 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 this, this is that chaos that I was telling, mentioning it earlier in the program, that there's this era in which people's identity is, so, uh, are you a Jew? Or are you not? It, it, I don't think well, Paul I, considered I himself not a Jew. I understand there's some yeah. troublemakers here. You find troublemakers <laughs> everywhere. So there's some troublemakers who make some accusations. You mm-hmm. might even say false news. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> but so what what you fake, got, fake news, right? What you got, fake news. But what you got going on is that these guys, James and the okay. other guys, are saying, look, show everybody that you do do the laws of Moses. You're going to pay for yourself and these other guys. And, yeah. But in verse 25 about concerning the Gentiles, we're going to make a clear distinction. Exactly. The Jews have to do it. If a, if a Gentile wants to become Jewish, that's just fine. But if they don't, that's fine too. But all they got to do is these things they're listing. Is that the matter. point you're trying to make? Is exactly. That the that's no all I, I'm no saying thing. is okay. that they seem to recognize at that time, and even today, that there's no requirement that a person become Jewish. If they want to, fine. Sure. But they don't have to. As a, as a Gentile. That well, see, the, 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 that's the point, though, is in a sense. Mm-hmm. See, that's, that's why I keep saying, frankly, I don't see why in the world I'm not a Jew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know, I know, and I know, I know Jews. Uh, there are many Jews who would say, well, you know, because you're not. But, it, but I've embraced they say, because you're not? <laughs> That's funny how you ended uh, that. They say, because you're not? No. You're, I like how you put it. No. But, but, but I don't mean, of course, I'm not, I know I'm not Jewish uh, uh, genetically or biologically. Well, we're not worried about that. But, Judaism is a religion. Okay? <clears throat> In that sense, okay. And so that's why I don't quite. And that's, it seems like the point I guess I'm pointing at in here is that I don't think they, I don't think it ever occurred to Paul that he stopped being There a never Jew. was a prohibition. And even today, there's not a prohibition 
on somebody thinking, I might think you're the Messiah. Mm-hmm. There's no prohibition. I, on a it. lot of people tell me that. Well, uh, uh-huh. You <laughs> no. sure they don't say, you, no, 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 you no, sure no. You please don't, don't strike me down, Lord. Not, you I'm you sure kidding. they don't say, you think you're the Messiah? <laughs> I think they say I'm a mess. Uh, that, that's pretty okay. well. But I had the last um, part of it. Anyway, but, but, but no, so they're, they're just saying, look, the guy, the Jews, if it's, if it, whether you're born that way, it's a voluntary decision, either way. You follow the laws of Moses. Exactly. But the, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to be Jewish. Just do these Moabite laws. And they list them again exactly what they list in 15. So you don't have to. Maybe you don't want to be Jewish. Maybe you want to keep your own personal beliefs. But the minimum requirements are these so-called Moabite laws. But keeping the laws, look what Paul says in 26.5. Yes. He says, and Paul's talking, since they have known about me for a long time. If they if they are willing to testify that I lived as a Pharisee according to the strictest sect of our religion. And now I'm standing on trial for a promise made by God. Seven. The promise to which our twelve tribes of hope to attain, that they earnestly serve God. And night and day, and in for this hope, O King, and they share I am the same accused. hope I have. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, something happened. I'm I'm hearing myself real loud. That's okay though. Uh, that's okay. No, the problem. louder I hear you, the better. That, okay, all right, but that's not. That's just the point. So my point is, is that they're making a distinction for Paul. No, certainly he was a disciple to the Christians, but Paul himself was still felt the obligation. To fulfill the mosaic well, laws. Of course, yeah. So, um, let's see. So that's that's a. And as you said, it wasn't a matter for salvation. That right. wasn't. His, he makes that clear. Right. He didn't follow him because, but because I'm Jewish. This is the way I express my relationship right. toward God, and that that's that's uh-huh. uh, that's that's his religion. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Uh, and I, we might even make the point too. As you said many times, Jewish himself, Jesus himself was also a practicing, devoted Jewish male who followed the laws, who who, who followed the laws of Moses in in uh, in every way. Uh, he taught the Torah and, and preached the Torah, and so on. So it's um, the, the, this whole beginning here. Something there's something so powerful going on that uh, caused this okay. upheaval and this mm-hmm. chaos and this that uh, that. That I, that it turns out, and later in the book of Romans, Paul actually alludes to the fact that maybe that's even intentional, that maybe God indeed has caused this breach momentarily. I, I do want to jump on something. If yeah, you I want to talk about Seth, yeah. About, let's go to uh, John. I, I was mentioning this before, this idea that you said that, you know, in Christian belief, you know, you have to believe in Jesus to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way I would say it. Okay. Well, you'd be the expert, so I will listen to you. As 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 uh, now, I've heard it said that way, and I've probably even said it that way in my youth and so. But now, as I'm growing older and wiser, hopefully, and as we look at the text and understand it clearly, look at John fourteen six for example, which is often held up as the the tech, the proof text. Okay. Jesus says, "I am the uh, way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except right. through me." Right. Uh, that doesn't say anything at all that. That doesn't say that someone has to believe in Jesus to get to heaven. 
Okay. All it says is that everybody gets to heaven, every, anyone that ever gets to him, they're going to get there on the basis of who Jesus was and what Jesus did on their behalf. Whether or not they knew it or believed it, and there were thousands of yeah. people before Jesus in the well, Old but Testament. Since you're quoting uh, okay. chapter 1 of John, mm-hmm. and I'm doing this from memory, he also says, if I remember. Well, that was John 14. But Oh, okay. I, I thought 14. I was going to say in John 1, 14, <laughs> mm-hmm. he says, the word became, became flesh. flesh. Now, what does he mean by that? I think he means the Torah became flesh. So if he is the Torah, one day, let's say the Torah stood up, started breathing, became alive, let's mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's what he means, then, of course, he's going to follow all of God's law because he is the Torah. <laughs> exactly. The, the, there's, and, and, you keep, and that's a point continually to be made, and I, 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 don't, I don't deny it at all. I, I, I've never preached that the laws of God are now superseded and so on. And I don't think the Scriptures actually teach that. that we, people, a lot of Christians miss... They they make a mistake, and I think sometimes in their wording they say that we're no longer under law but under grace. Paul makes that same point, <clears throat> but he's <clears throat> he's not talking about the, the laws of God. And uh, Jesus Himself, this book of the law shall never depart from your right. Mouth. He says we, all that, we, but the point that we see by the model of looking at Paul, <clears throat> he certainly says that. But most me. of the people, he remember he's a disciple to the Christians, mm-hmm. so he's talking to people who are historically, genetically, uh, culturally, not Jewish. So when he's talking to them, what he's saying is is technically correct. But for him, we can see his model, his lifestyle by what he does in chapter 22, 25, 26 of Acts. He still does the Jewish sure. stuff. So he's making a distinction between I'm going to the Gentiles, tell them, hey, believe in God and do yeah. this kind of stuff. But for me, I have to do this. I've already ceded to you that point. I, I do understand that clearly. And I, I think anyone who says it with the laws of God are superseded, sure. they know it's just, it's not, it's not what is being said. Right. But what I'm trying to get to is that uh-huh. this idea that if you don't believe in Jesus, you, know, you can't go to heaven if you don't believe in okay. Jesus. Okay, okay. But I'm just... All I think Jesus says in that verse, strictly speaking, is yeah, okay. no one gets to heaven. No one, uh, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father or, or the relationship with, except through me. Right. That doesn't mean that the person himself may be conscious of it. In fact, is all all the believers who came before Jesus right. didn't know about him. Right. My ancestors, uh, the Native Americans here on plant, uh, on uh, on uh, North American continent that loved God and they saw God in the stars and the moon and the seasons and they somehow they didn't fall into idolatry they didn't fall into worshiping the creation you know I mean, that's a good point they 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 responded to what light they did have right. sure. and I'm that's willing a, to believe a, I see your point sure. Romans 1 and 2 say that Right. That God received them because they responded to the light of yeah. the revelation they right. did have. Yeah. But the, when they do get to glory, they're going to discover the full, sure. full message that, right. that they're there because God made a, a, an atonement. God made a, and that there's this Savior, this Redeemer, this, mm. and then they'll learn about Jesus. Okay. But, they, but and the reason they'll be there is because of him, what he did for them. So I, 
That's strictly saying, strictly speaking, what is being said in John 14. Okay. It doesn't say no one can go to, unless you believe in Jesus, you're not going to go to heaven. Okay. It just says everyone that gets to heaven I will be there because uh, of Jesus. Uh, and I probably have this wrong. <laughs> but I, I always understood that John 3.16 was the verse about those who believe in him will have eternal life, that kind of well, stuff. Well, see, that's a different thing. That When it promises to, uh, when it promises to us, I can't tell somebody, look, if, if, if you don't believe in uh, here, I'm presenting you the message of the gospel. God loves you. He wants a relationship right. with you. He, he's done this okay. thing, a very special thing to purchase your redemption, your forgiveness, and your cleansing. I am offering you the chance to have security. Okay. You can have a I, I secure, understand. confident relationship with God. Can I have security in talking about Seth for a minute? Oh, Never, that's a the great time, thing. The time oh, I is wish over. we had grabbed well, that. I, I kept trying. I know, I know. Go for it. Go for it. No, We've got a few. Sorry. We'll just do it next we, week, maybe. It's okay. okay. Go ahead and finish. Oh, it's great, though, because it is a great thing. Let's right. do it. We'll come back to it because okay. it, that is from uh, Chronicles anyway. It is, it? Yes, okay. Uh-huh. Oh, that's great, folks. Thanks for letting me get that said because I've wanted to say it for a long time. Wanted you to hear it. Let's go now. Next week, we'll see you. Don't, don't be a stranger. Come back and visit with us. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.